Hi, we need to take a look at the similarities with recovery from the coronavirus and polio. There are many responses to trauma and different signs and symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. The thing to remember is that people are individuals and will respond differently. During this present pandemic it is very easy to understand, and has actually been recognized as being very similar to the polio pandemic of 1940s and 1950s. Now that survivors of polio are most likely to be in our 70s and 80s, the worrying thoughts around this new virus can easily trigger thoughts of the experiences in hospital and the return home as children victims of the polio virus. In the 1950s, the polio virus terrified families. Parents tried social distancing ineffectively and out of fear. Polio was not part the life they had signed up for. In the otherwise comfortable World War II era, the spread of polio showed that middle-class families could not build worlds entirely in their control. For the Texas town of San Angelo on the Concho River, halfway between Lubbock and San Antonio, the spring of 1949 brought disease, uncertainty and most of all, fear. A series of deaths and a surge of patients unable to breathe prompted the airlifting of medical equipment with C-47 military transporters. Children around the world in residential areas, watched DDT being sprayed over vacant plots in the city to combat a recent increase in the number of polio cases. All theaters, swimming pools, churches, schools and public meeting places were closed. Fearful of the spread of the contagious virus. Cities closed pools, swimming holes, movie theaters, schools and churches, forcing priests to reach out to their congregations on local radio. Some motorists who had to stop for petrol would not fill up their deflated tires, afraid they'd bring home air containing the infectious virus. This was repeated across the nations. The virus was polio a highly contagious disease with symptoms including common flu-like symptoms such as sore throat, fever, tiredness, headache, a stiff neck, and stomach ache. For a few though, polio affected the brain and spinal cord, which could lead to meningitis and, for one out of 200, paralysis. For two to ten of those suffering paralysis, the end result was death transmitted primarily via feces but also through airborne droplets from person to person, polio took 6 to 20 days to incubate and remained contagious for up to two weeks after. The disease had first emerged in the United States in 1894, but the first large epidemic happened in 1916 when public health experts recorded 27,000 cases and 6,000 deaths roughly a third in New York City alone. After World War II, Americans doused their neighborhoods, homes and children with the highly toxic pesticide DDT in the hope of banishing polio, yet, the number of cases grew larger each season. There were 25,000 cases in 1946 as many as in 1916, and the number grew almost every year up to its peak of 52,000 in 1952. There were signs of hope. The 1930s had seen significant improvements in the iron lung, a negative pressure chamber that could assist the breathing process for severely paralyzed patients. The March of Dimes organization campaigned aggressively to fund the development of a vaccine. 
and the comparable odds of contracting the disease remained small, the odds of long-term consequences extremely small, to say nothing of death. The random pattern the disease struck made parents feel helpless, as was the lack of a cure. As middle-class parents saw it, something like this was not supposed to happen. Infectious disease had been the leading cause of death in 1900, it was no longer in 1950. This all sounds very familiar. I can remember developing polio over a number of weeks until eventually I was totally paralyzed and immediately rushed to our local isolation hospital. I remember very little of the experiences within hospital, except that I had to be totally isolated, could not meet with my parents and younger brother, and only see them through the windows in the isolation room. All of the doctors and nurses wore full PPE with long sterilized gowns, masks, gloves and head protection, and contact was minimal. Now, when watching broadcasts about the coronavirus I can, for a tiny moment, see what my memory must have hidden from me, and sometimes the vision of the isolation can be distressing. Today I have been shielding myself as a vulnerable person, isolating myself from contact with anyone, even my family and friends, and the similarities with the experiences over 60 years ago are remarkable and unpleasant to the extreme. With the polio virus, there were local lockdowns around the world. And then some 30 years ago, the symptoms of post-polio syndrome began to show its face and again many of the symptoms of post-coronavirus actually replicate those suffered by polio survivors too. Some of the symptoms of COVID-19 recovery are Fatigue Breathlessness Voice and swallowing Musculoskeletal, shoulder, and back pain Very familiar. What do you think? My next blog will discuss the ways that we can manage some of the symptoms, so join me in episode 4. Bye for now. Peter